1: Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance.
2: Hi everyone, welcome to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Chicago where the Guardians are taking on the White Sox and play coming out of the All-Star break. A four-game series that features a lot of baseball over the week. Doubleheader Saturday, day baseball on Sunday and it's on to Boston and St. Petersburg on a three-city trip to start things after the break. Coming up later on in our show today, we will have Big-time, full draft coverage of the 2022 amateur draft with the Director of Amateur Scouting for the Guardians, Scott Barnsby, and his detailed comments on most of the players drafted. But first, a look back at the week in review. Three Guardians, that meant All-Star Week, and it began with the Home Run Derby on Monday night out in Los Angeles at Dodgers Stadium. Jose Ramirez was a part of it as uh, he was matched up against National slugger Juan Soto, and Soto edged Jose Ramirez 18-17 in round one. And uh, that spelled the end for him quickly, but uh, certainly a lot of fun for Jose Ramirez. And we had a chance to catch up with the coach who threw to him during the home run derby. He's a 25-year member of the Cleveland organization. Junior Batansis, who has spent time as a minor league manager, a roving instructor, and he was uh, Jose's hitting coach out in Arizona during one of Jose Ramirez's first seasons as a professional. And when we caught up with Junior Betances, he said he was surprised when he got the invitation to be the batting practice pitcher in the home run derby for Jose Ramirez.
3: Yeah, I was so surprised. Like uh, before the game two days ago, he called me. I saw his name, and I said, oh, you shouldn't the name again? You shouldn't your phone? And he, he asked me, hey, I call you to, to see if you want to throw in the home run derby. And I say, of course, it's my pleasure. It's, it's my goal. It's, who who do not want to be over there? <laughs> and uh, you
2: guys <laughs> go back a long way. and uh, Tell us about when you first saw him way back in rookie ball. What, what type of hitter was he then? And, and how far has he come as a hitter to, to do what he's doing now in the major leagues?
3: Yeah, Jose always was a, a good hitter. He's improved a lot especially his power. At that time, he was a contact guy, like uh, had a good speed, great defense, and same energy every day. Like uh, he played the game to the right way. He maintains to do that. But the thing he's improved a lot is his power.
2: It seems like a, it's such a long way from rookie ball to the major leagues, but but can you tell when you see a, a certain player that says, hey, this guy has what it takes to make it?
3: He already had a, a great tool. He he, he was special. He always be a special. Uh, we thinking like he, if he stay in second base, he maybe win the gold glove. And at that time, so he always got, got a good tool and, and, and we were wearing a lot for him.
2: Seems like the work ethic is there too. And was that there when when you first saw him that he was doing what he needed to do to get better?
3: He always was like that. Like I saw him in, in Dominican. I when I was a scouting. Uh, I signed his uncle, and his uncle told me like, "Hey, this is the guy. This is the guy like can make it the big league. Not me. He, he is the guy." But he was too young, so Ramon Peña signed him, and, and we happy to see him over here, and, and to be his hearing coach, his first year in, in Arizona.
2: That was Junior Batances and, again, a former coach for Jose Ramirez who had the opportunity to be his pitcher for the Home Run Derby on Monday. Tuesday, all-star game itself, a 3-2 win for the American League, their ninth consecutive all-star game victory. All three Guardians representatives had a chance to shine in this one, starting on the defensive side with Andres Jimenez in the bottom half of the first inning.
1: That swatted up the middle. Spear with a backhand by Jimenez. What a play. The turn two. Watch this ball. It's hit so hard off the mound, but that hop right there behind the back. What a showtime here in L.A.
2: Jose Ramirez chipped in as well, going two for two with a run scored, but the brightest star on the night may have been Emmanuel Classe, who had the opportunity to close the game in the ninth inning, trying to protect a one-run lead for the American League.
1: Strike three called. Classe with a strikeout to open the nine. Classe fires and strikes him out. Back-to-back K's to open the nine. So here we go. Classe is ready. His one-two pitch to Jay Cronenworth. Got him! Classe strikes out the side in the ninth inning. And the American League wins the All-Star game for the ninth consecutive season.
2: And those calls courtesy of Joe Davis on the Fox television broadcast. Uh, Joe, the broadcaster for the Dodgers and the national broadcaster for Fox on the all-star game and the world series play resumed post all-star break on Friday night in Chicago and what a start it was for the Guardians they didn't waste any time jumping on Lucas Giolito in the first inning Josh Naylor got the scoring started batting with two men on base
1: now the set and the pitch to the left-handed hitting DH infield back and it's swung on a little floater into shallow center. This is dropping. Base hit. Coming all the way home to score is quan as the throw was cut off at the mound. Jose Ramirez, he advances to third. And again, it's not a well-struck ball, but a bloop RBI single into shallow center field. And Naylor has 13 RBIs against White Sox pitching this year. 1-0 Cleveland. Next up,
2: it was Owen Miller.
1: The pitch. Swung on, lifted in the air. Shallow center. Angle charging, and he makes a running basket catch. Coming home is Ramirez. It's 2-0, but Owen Miller has another sack fly. His ninth. And the Guardians leading it
2: 2-0. And then Andre Jimenez put an exclamation point on that first
1: inning. The set and the pitch. Swing and a long drive. Deep right field. This ball gone. Andre Jimenez picks right up where he left off. A two out two run home run to right. It is four nothing Cleveland against usually the unhittable Lucas Giolito. And Andre Jimenez with home run number 11 giving him 45 RBIs.
2: The Guardians went right back to work in the second inning. Two men aboard, and Ahmed Rosario delivered.
1: Now the 1-2. Swung on a little looping liner into center. It's going to get down for a base hit. Around third, heading for home is Maley. Ball dropped there by Angles, so going to second and beating the throw with a heads-up base running play is Rosario. It's 5-0 Cleveland. And runners still at second and third and one out.
2: Rosario was
1: followed by Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez leading the league and runs batted in with 75. Leading the league in doubles. He got his 31st last inning. Leads the American League in extra base hits. Giolito's ready. Infield back. Here it comes. Swung on a ground ball on the right side. Charged at second, Harrison's throw gets Ramirez, but scoring is straw. Advancing to third is Rosario, and another quality at bat for Jose Ramirez. That's what your great RBI men do. They don't care how they get that run in from third, just get them in. And Jose Ramirez with RBI, number 76, and Cleveland now leads this game 6 to nothing.
2: And Chicago got on the board in the third inning, with a pair of runs to make it a six-to-two ball game. But Josh Naylor got both of those runs back in the sixth with a big two-out hit. The
1: pitch. Swung on line, drive toward the gap in left center field. It gets down. It gets all the way to the wall. Quan will score. Rosario will score. He's done it again. In the second with a two-out, two-run double to left center. Is once again Josh Naylor. And it is eight to two, Guardians. And there's that huge, clutch two-out hit from Josh Naylor, who has three RBIs tonight, which is 50 on the year. And of those 50 RBIs, 15 have come against the White Sox.
2: The Guardians' bullpen was outstanding, keeping the Sox off the board. And in the ninth, James Karinchak was on to finish things up.
1: Again, the payoff delivery. Hit in the air on the right side of the infield. The shortstop Rosario there to make the catch. Ball game. An impressive start to the second half for the Guardians. They blitz the White Sox 8-2. So an
2: impressive start to post-All-Star break play as the Guardians try and stay relevant, and hang in there, in the wild card and division chase. Stay with us. When we come back, we will recap the 2022 amateur draft with scott barnesby the guardians director of amateur scouting that's next on the cleveland clinic guardians radio network
0: progressive snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive so the safer you drive the more money you could save now if you didn't hear that because you were laying on the horn while driving let me say it again are you a race car driver because if you are you're in the wrong car and you took a wrong turn off the track a while ago and all those cars you're trying to pass all save money with progressive snapshot while you probably don't so who's really winning And if you did hear it the first time, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents.
2: Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Chicago where the Guardians are taking on the Chicago White Sox in post-All-Star break play the 2022 Major League Baseball Amateur Draft took place. And for Cleveland, that is a lifeblood of trying to keep things rolling in a positive direction. Scott Barnsby is the director of amateur scouting. And we begin with uh, Scott giving us a recap about the first three picks that the Guardians had on day number one.
4: Couldn't be more excited about the group that we we ended up with. Uh, Chase Delotto was our first pick. Uh, This is a 6'4", 235-pound athlete. Uh, He's physical. He's performed um, extremely well, and he's an intense competitor. Goes to James Madison. Uh, Obviously there was a shortened 2020 season. And then in 2021, played really well in the spring, went to the Cape and uh, ended up hitting 298 at the Cape with nine home runs. Uh, He can impact the game on both sides of the ball. And then uh, he came back this spring and was having an outstanding year. He was sitting 437, eight home runs, had 10 stolen bases, and then he ended up fracturing his foot in April. Um, but overall, uh, really excited about this guy's ability, um, but just as excited about the person. Kyle Bamberger, uh, Pete Loiseau, uh, and our entire staff had an opportunity to spend time with Chase. Uh, just an outstanding work ethic, outstanding human being, and uh, couldn't be happier to add him to the organization. Um, so that was our first selection. And then with our second pick, uh, we took Justin Campbell, who is a uh, – Physical right-hander from Oklahoma State, 6'5", 220, uh, up to 97, pitches with an easy, average fastball, um, and can go back and get more whenever he wants it. Uh, really good feel for his changeup, two different breaking balls, uh, throw strikes. Uh, this guy has been – he actually came to school as a two-way guy and then really focused on pitching the last couple of years, and uh, he's taken on a heavy workload and, and really done a nice job uh, for Oklahoma State. Uh, And then he ended up pitching for Team USA as well. Uh, So there's a lot to like there. Really excited about his ability to impact our our rotation one day. Uh, And then with our third pick, we took Parker Messick, left-hander from Florida State. Uh, Parker is extremely durable. Um, He's had a solid workload. He's been the the front-line guy for an elite university on Friday night the last few years. He was the ACC Pitcher of the Year, pitched for Team USA, Uh, In terms of his stuff, uh, it's an easy average fastball. He can go back and get 95 when he wants it. Uh, He's got an advanced feel for a changeup that he neutralizes lefties and righties with. um, Two different breaking balls, uh, pounds of strike zone, extremely competitive. All of these guys we got, we feel really good not only about the player but the makeup, uh, but more importantly, we feel really good about the work that was put into it by our area scouts and our entire staff. Um, for Parker, Matt Linder and Andrew Krause led the way. And then for Justin, uh, Ken Jarrett led the way uh, for us with, with getting to know um, Justin. So that's kind of the quick overview. Any questions on those guys?
5: Scott, would chase to see someone that you guys see, at least right now, is uh, a, bit, a bit able to play all three outfield spots right now?
4: Yeah, he's he's extremely athletic. Runs a 6'5", 60, um, Can can really cover a lot of ground out there, feel good about his ability to play center field, but he also has the arm strength. I don't know if I mentioned this, but he came in as a two-way player as well. Um, So he's got some carry to his throws, so obviously he can play in right field, um, but he's athletic enough to move around the outfield, um, super versatile defensively. So, yeah, we feel good about his his chance to play in center field.
3: Scott, can
0: you just talk to us about the challenges that, uh, you, that you face when you're evaluating players that have gone through injuries, maybe not even specifically the guys that you have drafted, but um, just the, the process that you have to go through to try to figure out, hey, are, are we are we reaching on this, or does this feel like a, a stable, good selection?
4: Yeah, so I, I think the way we look at it, you know, the, the, the spring is certainly important, but it's a snapshot of time, so we've got a, a timeline that, that we – build up with these players and obviously chase put himself on the radar um, early in his college career. And then obviously seeing him as, as a sophomore and then have an opportunity to evaluate him in the Cape. Um, You know, we have plenty of video in the system. So we have an opportunity to go back and take a look and analyze his swing and, and look at, Uh, his mechanics and look at him defensively. So we feel really good about that. Um, And then in the fall this past year, obviously James Madison has a fall season. They had a scout day. We attended that. Um, So we feel really good about the progression, seeing where he's at. Um, And then certainly at the end, it was more kind of check the box with the workout just to make sure we felt good um, where he was health wise. So um, yeah, sure. There's a little more challenge there because you don't get the entire spring season, but we felt good with the work that we did leading up to that. And we get to know these guys pretty well early on. So obviously getting to spend some time with him when he was at the Cape and then in the fall last year was extremely helpful.
5: When you look at Chase's swing, is there anything that just stands out just with his frame and, and, and that swing?
4: Yeah, I think what stands out is his, his ability to leverage the ball. And his, you know, he's extremely athletic. He's mobile. He uses his lower half really well. I think some of the things that stand out to our group are, are his, um, his pitch recognition, his strike zone awareness. Um, And so not only does he have really good bat to ball, but he can also impact the ball to all fields. And we've seen him drive the ball out to left center, and we certainly see him pull the ball. So um, that stands out with him. And honestly, I feel like he's just scratching the surface, really excited for him to have an opportunity to spend time with our our group and player development and continue to, to work and grow as a hitter. And uh, that was one of the things that stood out when we spent time with him. Like, he is he is eager to learn. He's eager to get better. Um, he knows even as good as he is right now, he knows there's a high ceiling there. So, um, yeah, those are some of the things that stand out with him offensively.
2: That is Scott Barnsby after day one of the draft, and we'll take a timeout when we come back. Scott will recap day two and the eight players drafted on that day as we continue on Guardians Weekly after this break.
1: Don't go away, folks.
2: Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Chicago, where the Guardians are taking on the Chicago White Sox in post-All-Star break play. Scott Barnsby is so the director of amateur scouting and the 2022 amateur draft was earlier this week. We heard from Scott on the first three picks in day one. Eight more players were drafted on day two, and Scott recaps the highlights of some of those players taken.
4: We walk away today. We were talking about how things played out and, and super excited to. We did. Um, we started off with Joe Lampy, outfielder from Arizona State, really athletic kid. Uh, he can hit. He's performed, uh, been elite performer at Arizona State. Hit 340 this year, 22 doubles, 12 home runs, uh, and he can run too. He's sold 17 to 20 bases. I uh, feel really good about his defensive ability. He's instinctive in the outfield, he's fearless out there, he can run. Um, So not only feel good about his ability to play center field, but also, as we talked about yesterday, um, can move around the outfield, which I I think is important. Um, And then moving on to the, the fourth round, we took Nate Furman. Who left-handed hitting uh, second baseman from UNC Charlotte. Uh, This guy has a really advanced field to hit. Um, He can consistently find the barrel. A lot of fun to watch him hit. A lot of fun to watch his approach. And he's had had a lot of success offensively. Um, Currently playing second base. He's a plus runner. Um, He can move to the outfield. We feel good about his versatility defensively as well. And then we took uh, another extremely athletic guy, Guy Lipscomb uh, from Belmont (laughs) University. So, Guy was actually a two-way uh, player, football player in high school, uh, came to Belmont, and has really uh, come on, not just offensively, swinging the bat well, consistent approach, finds the barrel, the power continues to develop, um, he can really run, uh, another outfielder that can not only play center field, but you know he's athletic enough to move around, however, he's consistently been in center field for, for Belmont this year, um, so really excited to add him. And then Dylan DeLucia, our uh, sixth rounder. Uh, this guy pretty much put Ole Miss on his back this year and carried him to the World Series. Uh, really impressive down the stretch. Uh, took the ball, outstanding competitor, up to 94, plus slider, pounds of strike zone. Um, just knocking back down from anybody and, and was really excited to have an opportunity to add him to the organization. Uh, and then Javier Santos Tejada, we took in the seventh round, uh, just a young high school or high school pitcher, uh, up to 98, has an elite arm, can really spin the breaking ball. Um, so he uh, he went to Georgia Premier Academy, and you guys are probably familiar with that because that's where Daniel Espino, Espino went as well. So um, then we moved on to Jackson Humphreys, uh, eighth rounder from Fuquay Varina High School in North Carolina. And again, I keep saying it, but just another guy we're excited to add to the organization. A left-handed, durable body, up to 95, um, feel the pitch. Uh, we think he's going to be able to pitch with a plus fastball, can really spin the breaking ball from the left side, um, and just misses a lot of bats. Uh, feel really good about his ability to start a long-term as well. And then we took the Friday night starter from UConn, Austin Peterson, uh, who took the ball every week, uh, carried them deep into the postseason. This guy can can not only pitch, but you know, I've mentioned competitor, uh, with a lot of these guys. So the makeup is really impressive on the mound up to 93, uh, quality slider feel for a change up and throws a ton of strikes and misses a lot of bats. So, um, again, another guy that, that, uh, we were able to bring into the organization and and we rounded it out with Jacob Zibben, uh, 10th rounder, uh, from Canada played high school ball at TNXL Academy, uh, in Florida and uh, this guy's youngest guy in the draft, uh, 17 years old, absolutely physical, six four, up to 97 already. He's got life to his fastball. Really good feel for his changeup. Uh, we're confident that that breaking ball is going to come as well. Um, throw strikes, and, and another guy that couldn't be couldn't be more excited about the player development group getting their hands on. So um, that rounds it out. Any questions
0: on that group? Scott would. It seems like the, the, the position players you've picked are kind of following the, the vein of the guys, you know, that maybe the philosophy of the organization, you know, a lot of contact, a lot of walks, low strikeouts. Is that, were you, is that something you were aiming at?
4: I don't know if it's under Raymond. I think so that, you know, these are players that are, you know, our scouts and our, our organization likes because, you know, it's important when when you're a hitter to be able to put the bat on the ball. And it's important to have a plan. And, you know, these guys have had success against quality competition and that was important to us. Um, but we also feel like there's some potential there in terms of their ability to impact the ball um, as well. So uh, yeah, we, we like the fact that they can control the strike zone. We like the fact that they're going to find ways to get on base um, and we like the fact the versatile defensively, so that all
0: those things were important to us. It's got a lot of prep pitchers today. Do you guys feel pretty comfortable getting to know these guys and, and feel confident and and getting these guys signed?
4: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the things if you look over, you know, the draft from from the last few years, uh, I feel like it's been a separator for us in terms of coming in the draft, um, having you know, just an incredible faith in, in our staff that they have spent the time. They've built the relationship with the players and they know their their true intentions. Uh, we recognize that you know professional baseball might not be for everybody. And it's a you know, it's a transition coming out of high school. But we're confident that these guys are ready to make that transition. So, yeah, we feel really good about that.
5: Scott, I'm not asking you to speak for him, but how how maybe cool and beneficial is it for someone like Delucia to be able to have that experience that he had at the World Series and just the success that he had whenever he was there?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great point because as, as we watched him at the end of the year, just compete, I mean, that's the biggest stage they can absolutely play on. And if you guys saw the, the following that that they had from Ole Miss and, and the excitement at the stadium. And, and he did it week in and week out at the end of the season. He took the, the ball w- when the game was on the line and carried them. So, I, you you know, you have to think that that's going to help him. And I think that's one of the things that's a separator, to be able to slow the moment down and to be able to compete like that the way he did, you know, bodes well for him down the road. Hey, Scott, um, with only 20 rounds, how does, does that um... – affected the way the way you approach the third day of the draft compared to in the past when the draft was much longer you know number one i continue to share like- best available player but at the same time like our our goal is, is to, to come in and, and sign every player that, that we draft um so I, i'm not sure how much it actually impacts when it was a 40 round draft we would usually sign somewhere between you know 20 to 24 players um i think this year obviously there's 21 picks overall um and then we'll see you know after the draft uh, how things play out certainly want to make sure that there are opportunities for the players there as well uh but yeah i'm not sure it really impacts us outside of like hey let's continue to, to try to maximize value in each round
2: that's scott barnsby recapping day two of the amateur draft and when we come back we'll finish up our show this week and uh, talk about day three of the draft with scott barnsby after this
1: progressive presents forest metaphors
4: about bundling your home and auto
2: Jim Rosen is back with you from Chicago, where the Guardians play the White Sox this weekend. We're back on Guardians Weekly. And don't forget, you can hear our show each week on the Guardians radio network. Also, CLEGuardians.com. All the archived editions are there. We also feature it as a podcast wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Well, day three, you look for the hidden gems in the amateur draft each year. And director of amateur scouting, Scott Barnsby, Wrapped up the draft as a whole and also talks about some of the players selected on day three.
4: Ready to go. I guess I I can kick it off. Uh, If you guys are comfortable with that, maybe share a little little bit of or some highlights from each player that we took. Uh, I guess before I do, um, I would share that uh, it was an exciting three days, an awful lot of fun to to work through. Um, Certainly when we get to this point, I think there's a, a sigh of relief from the group because you know, there's some anxiety that, that builds up heading into the draft because you just want it to go perfect. Um, and, and honestly, the contributions from so many people throughout the organization, uh, just amazing, um, complete team effort. Uh, it's amazing how many moving parts there are in the draft and to be able to accomplish it and to draft and select the players that we did. Um, knowing that you know they're going to go out and impact our organization uh, is incredibly exciting. So I just want to start off by saying, really appreciative of, of everybody that put in the time and the effort because it was not easy to get to this point. Um, so I'll share that. I'll share some quick highlights. on the group, obviously, day three today, uh, rounds eleven through tw- uh, twenty started off with Magnus Ellerts. Uh, he's a six-five right-hander uh, from Florida Southwestern College. Uh, he's up to ninety-five. Powered his breaking ball and really like the upside here uh, with Magnus. So that's how we started the day. And then we took Jack Jaziak uh, who's a 6'2 right-hander from USF, uh, University of South Florida, up to 94, uh, pitches with an average fastball. He's got two different breaking balls, and, and Jack can really spin it. Um, he's got a feel for his changeup. He throws strikes, um, threw really well uh, early in the spring, and then missed some time. Uh, with a shoulder injury, but we feel good about him and and feel really good about him when he's at 100% health. Uh, so we followed up in, in the 12th round with Jack. And then in the 13th round, uh, took Tyrese Turner out of USC. He's a switch hitting middle infielder, um, really good field to hit. Uh, ended up hitting 330 this year. Uh, he's a plus runner and can impact the game on the bases, uh, solid defensively. And then in the 14th round, we took uh, Press Kavanaugh. He's a left-hander hanging outfielder uh, from UNC Greensboro. Uh, Really like the bat here as well. Uh, Another plus runner, athletic, uh, reads the ball well off the bat, uh, can track the ball in the outfield. So we're excited about the the defensive versatility there as well. Uh, Then the 15th round, uh, we selected Adam Tulloch, left-hander from Arizona State. He's 6'2", really strong, durable lower half, uh, up to ninety-six. Um, he's got an advanced feel for his changeup uh, and feel pretty good about the progression with his breaking ball as well. Um, and then uh, in the 16th round, I uh, took a high school catcher, Logan Clark uh, from Taft High School in California, uh, can really catch and throw. Uh, like the offensive upside, impressive makeup, impressive work ethic. Uh, so, like the upside there at a premium position. Uh, and then in the 17th round, we took Angel Zarate. Uh, he's had a really nice career at the University of North Carolina. A lot of production there, It's field to hit, uh, left-handed bat, controls the zone. Um, he can run, he can throw, he can play all three outfield positions. Uh, so I think you guys are probably seeing a trend here in terms of the versatility and uh, and, and ability to move around the field, which we think is important. Uh, we took Zach Jacobs in the 18th round, uh, 6'1 right-hander, uh, starter at UC Riverside. Missed a little time this year with an injury. Uh, he's healthy now uh, when he pitches. Uh, It's an average fastball. He's got a feel for his secondary, really pounds the strike zone. Uh, So excited to get him in the 18th round. And then heading into the 19th round, we took Gio Rivera, who's a a 6'2", strong, durable, uh, bodied right-hander from Walter State. Uh, Started his career at Old Dominion and then ended up at Walter State this past year uh, and had a really solid year for them. Um, He's up to 97, works comfortably in that 93 3 range, misses a lot of bats with his breaking ball. And he ended up throwing 58 innings this year and uh, in, in, uh, ended up with, you know, over 80 strikeouts. So striking out almost 14 batters per nine, uh, which is great to see. And then we close out the day with Sean Rapp, uh, left-hander from North Carolina, throws from a unique slot, low three-quarter slot. Uh, it's an effective fastball up to 92, and he has had a lot of success with his slider. He can spin it, it's late action to it. Uh, Mrs. bats really tough on left-handers uh, he's performed well in high leverage situations for North Carolina so that was the group we took uh, that rounds out the uh, 20 rounds for
0: us so any questions on that group Scott what what are the chances I mean uh, how much do you focus on signing those guys I mean you, you've got the 10 guys you know that I guess you know you, you spread your bonus pool around but what what do you, do, you, do you like target like three or four or five of these guys that you really want? Or how does that work? Uh, honestly,
4: we plan on signing everybody. Um, we got 21 selections, uh, plan on, on getting them out there. We know, like I mentioned this yesterday too, just knowing their intentions and knowing that they want to go out. We continue through that today. Um want to make sure that we have opportunities for them, whether it be on the mound or, you know, with at-bats, uh, we feel like we do, and we're excited to add these guys to the organization. So uh, we're confident that we're going to be able to get this group signed.
5: Scott, I think in reading some things online, I was seeing that Adam Tulloch is is someone who has had a lot of different coaches over the last few years. It seems like he's bounced around a good bit. I think it was like seven schools in the last eight years. Have you ever seen someone bounce around that much before they'd uh, come up here? And uh, obviously it doesn't seem like you guys would think that that has held him back in any way, having to go from coach to coach over the last decade.
4: Uh, no, I think well, I think it's a good point. Yes, he has bounced around a little bit. Uh, I think it's a unique situation because um, you know the opportunity to to learn from a variety of coaches throughout his career. Uh, I think has really helped him along the way uh, as he you know. He, takes a little bit from everybody um, and then ended up having a really strong year this year. And I, I think we look at that as a positive. Um, he was going to be able to adapt into in any environment and we're confident with him coming into the system that it will be in a good spot to support him as well. And, and continue that positive trend.
5: I know he's one and seemed like at least another pair uh, that you guys drafted are from the same school. Can, can that can help whenever guys are making this transition that they have a teammate coming along with them.
4: Yeah, it's a great point. I think, you know, whether you're a high school player, college player, it's something new and you know, you have the jitters when you go into college for the first time. And I'm sure there's going to be some, some nerves and some anxiety coming into professional baseball for the first time. So anytime that you have, uh can find your comfort zone and sometimes that comfort zone is the people that are around you. Uh, so I think it, it could be important, you know, for, I uh, have Joe Lampier, our third round pick, obviously from the same school. So, um, yeah, I think that helps. The other thing that we see is, is these guys end up playing a lot against each other, whether it's in the summer or you know previously. Um, so there is some familiarity there. Uh, it's kind of a small world with, with baseball as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully hopefully it does help them. What's the significance of uh the extra views you get with the guys in like the Cape Cod League, M L B draft league, and the summer baseball leagues? Yeah. Really helpful to see them. So I know we've talked quite a bit about making sure we have that timeline and the history with them, see them in in unique environments, see how they adapt uh, in those situations, but also seeing them against quality competition. You mentioned the Cape. It's, you know, certainly an elite summer league. It has been for a long time. For the hitters, we have the opportunity to see them with a wood bat, which we don't in college. Uh, And then for the, you know, the pitchers, we get to see them compete against some of the best hitters uh, and vice versa. Uh, so yeah it's really helpful and then in terms of the draft league uh, same thing I think that we continue to uh, learn and, and the draft league continues to grow um, and I think it was really competitive this year I think major league baseball did a really nice job with that um, so it allowed us to get you know additional looks and additional information on these players it was really helpful leading up to the draft so um, yeah all positive there.
0: Scott you guys took uh, one catcher out of the whole draft is that a reflection on how you guys feel about Bo Naylor, or was that just how the, how the chips fell?
4: Yeah, it's, a, it's how the chips fell. We're certainly excited about Bo and uh, his future. But at the same time, you know, it really depends. And we talked about you know, taking a lot of pictures last year. It really depends how it falls and, you know, did a lot of work leading up to it um, in every demographic. But, yeah, so Logan was the, the one catch that we took this year. Uh, and we'll continue to look for opportunities, you know, if there are opportunities for catchers, um, to potentially bring more into the organization, we will. Um, but yeah, that's just how it fell this year.
0: Is there a chance you would, you would sign any non-drafted guys after, after you get done with this?
4: I think that's what we need to take a look at. I think we feel pretty good. Obviously we're certainly on the same page with player development and talked about opportunities, talked about um, opportunities for these guys to go out. If there is an opening, you never know. There's always things that could come up um, whether injuries or whatever it is. So we would look to, to continue to bring in talent in any way we can. Uh, We're not going to stop working on that. So um, don't have a definitive answer on that, but uh, have not closed the door on it yet.
2: Well, we thank Scott Barnsby so much for all of his help and, uh, candor about the, the 20 players, uh, 21 players actually, who were selected in this year's draft by the Guardians. And uh, as always, there's high optimism about all these new players who are coming into the system, and we see them contribute year after year at the major league level. And we'll see if the 2022 edition pays off somewhere down the road. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Guardians Weekly. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks as always to Brian Matze for helping to put together our show each week. Until next week when we join you from St. Petersburg, Florida, I'm Jim Rosenhouse reminding you, you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians radio network.
1: Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance.